Hello, hello, and welcome to the Top Guys Movie Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about movies that take place in outer space. This is a very broad category. We did our best to narrow it down, but I think I had about 30 or 40 movies in my honorable mentions. We're going to try a new format next week. We also had JP join us. We actually had our first guest, and I think it went swimmingly. Listen, please. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Top Guys Movie Podcast. I'm your top guy, Jim Davis. With me, as always, is the other top guy, Justin Gardy. Justin, how are you? I'm doing very well. Are you going to introduce our our third guest? I mean, this is a listen, this is a big day for our third guest because not only is he a special guest, you know, we might even remove that guest type part of the title. This guy might just be the third guy. And uh, it's nice to have a, a co-host uh, join us and, and hang out. So how you doing, buddy? Uh, it's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, you know, I'm I'm committed to at least embracing the top guy lifestyle. You know, I got the microphone. I did a sound check with you on Monday. We dominated yeah. in trivia last night. You know, a top guy tradition. We even write on the answer form, top guys. And without the two-point bonus for team name creativity, because we cannot betray top guys, That's we still right. win every time. But let that be a lesson, right? You're, you're true to yourself. You're true to the top guy lifestyle. You're going to come out on top. That's just that's just the way things work. You know, it's like yeah. you set an intention into the universe and it comes back to you. Also, can we <laughs> talk about how big those beers were last night? I Yeah, that was a big I beer. was not prepared Where for was the size it? of that thing. St. Elmo's Brewery. Trivia 512. Shout out to Nolan and Angela. You guys are the best. And that's why we brought JP. JP brings a whole other demographic. You know, Jim... Jim Jim's kind of the middleman. Um, yeah. Oh, rheumatoid arthritis watch 2021. Yeah. Still have not got a call. Although, Nothing. however, I've done some research. I think I have lupus. Um, and I think I have Sodrin syndrome. My mouth gets dry. It's all It's all coming together. It's all well, the, coming together. The mouth dryness could be from the Wellbutrin. No, my mouth dryness is causing a sore throat sometimes. And if I, if I when I drink, it gets better. I'm telling you, I have, I, I have lupus. I mean, I should just call the rheumatologist right now and be what? like, listen, it takes you three lupus? months. Lupus? Is it lupus? It's, it's going to take you two <laughs> Is it meningitis? Scoliosis? Lupus? Is it lupus? <laughs> it's a diagnosis of omission, where they just go by every other possibility. Like, there's no single test that tells you that you have lupus. What about joint pain? You got joint pain? Yes. Sometimes. Occasionally in... Occasionally, like, my feet feel like they have arthritis, but they don't. Like, not, like, that bad. They just feel, like, a little stiff. When I want to talk about medical diseases. <laughs> Got a couple other things I need to talk right, about. come on. Talking points. Let's go. Uh, We're at the 10-minute mark. Yeah. Uh, just a couple more things. Uh, one thing very interesting about you two. You two have something in common that you don't know. Is that you right? You both. You both had the audacity. The audacity. To invite me to an event one day before the event because you never really invited me just to make me feel good knowing I'd never actually go to that event. <laughs> that is true for me. I definitely did that. And Which that's true. This? Well, for you, it was your wedding. And for Jim, it was Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> dude, 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 you talk about that like it's like, it's like we're, we were throwing a party and we invited you last week. There's a Thanksgiving and it is wedding. Like, of course, if you get the day before. I'm pretty sure we both were joking when we invited you. <laughs> no, no. Here's the thing, too. It was not the day before. I think I gave you a week's heads up. We had only okay. known each other. I, I mean, we, we're talking a pretty short amount of time here. And I told you, if you 
want to be there because we had a sign seating at my wedding. We would have had a spot for you. It was not in jest. It was not a joke. You would have been, yeah, that's you been the life the, of the party. The with all the Polish people taking shots and drinking, you oh, would have Oh, you would have been, everyone would have been like, who is this guy? And that's what they say, actually. That's the other thing I wanted to go about. Um, that's what they, they're saying in downtown Des Moines. I went out again on Saturday. People are baffled by me. They've never seen a 35-year-old. <laughs> that, I believe. They've never seen a 35. First, they think I look younger because here, you know, everyone looks horrendous. Then the other thing is, like, they've never seen a 35-year-old, like, that's, like, can, like, speak full sentences, that's drinking at a bar during the day because usually that's either, like, an alcoholic, homeless, or whatever, and, like, chasing ass. These kids love me. Give me one month. This town is going to be under my wing. Um, oh, two more things. So, one, I listened for, like, five minutes on another movie podcast. It had four guys. I forgot what it's called, but it seems to be fairly popular. It was horrendous. Yeah. They were trying to be funny. Like, they were making jokes like, uh, like I don't even know the jokes they made. I can't even pretend to tell you the jokes. Um, they were like, I don't even... It, was, it wasn't even funny. I like, agree. I, I have listened to a few other movies and pop culture and, and stuff podcast and... Yeah, it's very dry, and I think you know that there's kind of um, there's some professionalism that goes into that. I mean, I could sort of understand people wanting to um, create a format or create something that makes sense where everyone gets sort of equal time and they create bits and stuff. But it, it feels forced and feels kind of phony to me. And I think the whole the 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 great thing about podcasts is that really anyone can do them. There's very low overhead. And you can be as, especially when you don't really have any listeners like us, you can be as crazy or well, say whatever the hell you want. <laughs> that's a bit of an issue because when we start getting listeners, this might have to be some toning down. You know, JP, JP got the full spectrum here. Um, well, JP's you know, kind of the, you know, he's, he's, I feel like he's higher brow, you know? I mean, we were, we spoke a little bit last night at, at, uh, at Trivia. We won, by the way. Trivia 512, shout out. You um, said that 17 times. Anthony. Well, I'm going to say it maybe 17 more before the end of the podcast. So just mm -hmm. hold on to your seat. Um, no, but last night JP was talking about the outer space movies that he was watching. And that's what we're going to talk about today, outer space movies. Um, but he was, he was talking about you know foreign films and shit. I was like, dude, I picked yeah. the lowest brow top three that you'll ever you'll ever yeah. see when it comes to this genre because there is there's so much uh you outer know kind space. of high high concept and there's a lot of outer space movies but there's a lot of high concept outer space psychological outer space movies yeah action adventures outer space movies so there's a lot of like different sub genres in That's the genre what I wanted itself. to talk to you about as well because there's also like fake outer space movies all right like, i don't know what that means what does that mean that means like Guardians of the Galaxy. That's like fake whoa. outer space movies. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Why is that a fake outer space movie? That's because, a great outer space. Because compared to like Apollo thirteen, we're talking about two different outer spaces. So now yeah. we're they're competing against each other, but they're like totally different genres. But they could be competing against each other in today's um, podcast. They they absolutely will be competing against each other in today's yes. podcast. And uh, and I, I'd never really thought about it that way, where like one's a fantasy outer space and one's a reality outer space. Yeah. Uh, because even some of the ones that are real that are based more in reality, like the movie Gravity, um, is still a fantasy, right? Yeah, like, but I mean, it's based off like realistic things. Like I know JP. I already know one of the movies he has in there. I'm not going to say it right now. I, I don't oh, think you do. Did Did he tell you? No, but I'm going to tell no. you. I, I don't tell. Don't say if you have it or not. But Dune has to be in there. 
That's all he fucking talked about at work. I watched Dune. So the old Dune is in there. I can guarantee you. But let's get into it. I mean, let's get into it. I'm excited because... Well, hold on, hold on. JP, can you confirm or deny that Dune is is in your pick? This is hard. You're, this is like, you know, mom tells you one thing, dad tells you the other. Who, who do I respond to? <laughs> Go with your gut, dude. Go with your top guy gut. Okay, the short answer is no. Ah. And the reason I will say is that the, the Dune made in the 80s was an absolute developmental hell. The guy who directed the film actually refuses to acknowledge it in his filmography. Yeah, I've heard that. So the, when it says directed by in the film, it's it's a pseudonym that the film industry uses for when a director basically says, I want no affiliation with this film. That should give you an indication of, of how messy and bad that movie turned out to be. Yeah. Alan Smithy is the name. Um, ah, there you go. Yeah, it's the official pseudonym used by film directors who wish to disown a project. Alan Smithy. Um so here's the thing. Here's the problem with this list. Everybody knows the format. It's we we do our honorable mentions. These are these are not our picks, but these are a very tough category because there are a lot of movies that take place partially in space. Yeah. That are great, and then there are the obvious ones like Star Wars and Star Trek. And so I thought, you know, those are kind of too obvious. So my criteria was just standalone outer space movies. They never had a sequel made. Um, and but they're still top movies, and I kind of went with a more populist look at this um, and movies that I really just enjoyed. So this is I love the genre of outer space. I love it. I love it alongside of cowboy movies. I love vampire movies. I love alien movies. Um, I love monster movies. So this is this fits right into my wheelhouse of stuff that I really love. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just movies I picked for my top three were movies where I went. If this was on TV, if I was flicking around the channels and this was on TV, would I would I stop and watch it, commercials and all? Okay. What yeah. I'm going to do, gentlemen, is I'm going to to whip through my list of honorable mentions. Okay. Um, Avengers is right there in the top. Infinity War and Endgame are both amazing. They both take place in space. There, but this is very much a fantasy, fake space thing, Justin. But you cannot deny just the appeal of of the Avengers franchise in and of itself. Okay. All right. No. I mean, I don't have. Any, I, I don't. That's not my thing. I, I don't like those movies. I'm not into that. I'm intelligent. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not into that. Kind of stuff. I, I want to see people. I want to see real life stuff. You know. Like, you know, a lot of intelligent people like this genre. Just so you know. I know. All right. So, in keeping with that genre, Star Wars franchise episodes one through nine are all included in my honorable mention. I did a special honorable mention inside of this one to to call out Rogue One. Uh, that gets an honorable mention inside of an honorable mention. Something heretofore undone on the Top Guys podcast, but it is uh, maybe my favorite Star Wars film, Rogue One, which doesn't exist inside of the canonical uh, one through nine series. I also had Rogue One on my honorable mention. Um, I really liked the anthological approach of yes. both Rogue One and Solo, which Solo's reception was a little cooler. Yeah. Um, but Rogue One was, you know, you you guys I know like fast, action-packed, yeah. hey, let's get the damn plot moving movies. Rogue One, from the first frame, was moving the entire time, and... I think potentially one of the best movie scenes of the past 10 years is Darth Vader going absolutely ham sauce in the last, what was that, like last five, ten minutes of the movie? Yeah. I mean, we never got to see Darth in any of the, you know, canonical movies really go crazy, and he went crazy. 
Yeah. I mean, he's force smashing people, cutting people with a lightsaber in half. I mean, see, our third pick is the Star Trek movie franchise. Yes, this does include all six original series movies, all four Next Generation movies, and all three new J.J. Abrams movies. Um, they're fa- they're all fantastic in their own way. Um, I didn't, and I'll probably get you know killed for this by some people, but I do not care for original series. Absolutely love Next Generation. I thought those four movies were fantastic. I thought the J.J. Abrams movies were great too. But again, when we're talking about franchises, this one is long and storied and goes on and on forever. Um, I think they are making a fourth J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. It doesn't have a title yet, but um, everybody's signed on to do it. My uh, next pick is the Alien franchise. And I know a lot of people don't care for Aliens 3. A lot of people don't care for Alien Resurrection. I think they're all fantastic. Um, David Fincher's first movie was Alien 3, and it gets shit on a lot, but I think it's it's very, very good. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whip through some. Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. Yes, hilarious, set in space, uh, very funny. Galaxy Quest, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's... Uh, I, I had Galaxy Quest. That is really and truly a phenomenal film. Alan it's Rickman, so good. R.I.P. He, yeah. he is actually... Him and Tony Shalhoub playing off each other is just <laughs> unbelievable in the film. And then, like, Sigourney Weaver, like, I, you know, I, let's not even talk about her acting talent. I always thought she's had this weird sex appeal. Yeah, it's not even and, weird. It just is there. Yeah, and, and she is actually, like, like hot in that movie. Like, mm-hmm. And she's kind of, like, you know, like, kind of, she's a drinking, she smokes, you know, kind of kind of on the dumps, like, old TV star. And I'm like... All right, I'm into this. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that movie, just start to finish, is hilarious. Um, it is. Tim it, Allen, too. I'm not a huge Tim Allen guy, but he's very funny in that movie. It's sort of a play on William Shatner. Um, he's very, very good. Yes. Uh, this one's kind of obscure, but Moon, JP, I'm going to rely on you for this one because I know Guardy hasn't seen it. Yeah, you know, I. Um, it's not on my list. I did consider writing it in. Um, I liked it. But, you know, you talked about cable rewatchability. Yeah. Uh, not super high in my cable rewatchability scale. Um, but, but really and truly, it, it is a good movie. Um, definitely worth the watch. Well, this is one of those movies that it pay, at the, the end pays off. But you got to really be patient and stick around for a while in order to get to that payoff at the ending. And I agree with you. It's not, if I saw it on cable, I'd be like, I don't have the time for this. So... I don't have the time for it on cable. I don't have time for it right now. Let's keep it rolling. Serenity, based on the Firefly TV show. Anybody, holler at your boy. Never watched much of it, no. Mm. Phenomenal TV show. It was universally loved by critics and fans alike. And, of course, they canceled it after one season. This was the apology movie to the fans that they deserved. And it didn't disappoint. It's a, it's a good movie. Um, uh, the Thor franchise, which kind of fits in with the Avengers. Planet of the Apes franchise, which goes on forever. Now we're really at like 40 movies because there are so many Planet of the Apes movies. Yeah, we I are. speak sp- specifically more about the newer ones, Rise and War for the Planet of the Apes. All very, very good. Um, Interstellar is in my honorable mentions. That might be in somebody's pick. Uh, um, no, I'd like to uh, talk about that real quick. Please. Please do. Um, so I've never seen Interstellar. And so I watched it. <laughs> no, no, no. Just so I watched it two nights ago. <laughs> I watched it two nights ago. Okay. Uh huh. First of all, what do you the, think? Uh, this is listen. This is why I asked to speak. Here we go. The first hour I could have gotten away with. I understand buildup of a story, but it was getting a little long. Sure. Okay. The story. Um, 
Now, Christopher Nolan is... I'm assuming this movie is a lot like Tenet. Kind of. In the sense of... The other thing is it's very hard to follow. The Some of the vocabulary they're using, if you, like, miss it, like, you don't know what they're talking about. It's kind of like that movie about the shortage, um, the housing short... What is it called? The Big uh, Short. Yeah, in 2000. Great. If you don't know any of that vocabulary, you have no idea what they're talking about. This was kind of similar. I had no idea what they were talking about. It's a bit sciency and a bit slow. I I will agree with you on that. I think they tr- like Christopher Nolan has this way of like trying to make things really highbrow, and I think when he does that, it kind of betrays his ignorance on the subject matter. As that's especially true in Tenant. I think that he got that movie way wrong. Um, but that's a, that's a subject for another time. Um, JP, I have a feeling that the dryness and the science of this movie appealed to you more than myself or Gardy. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> it, it's the the top movie in my honorable mentions. It, okay. it just missed the cut. Um, I it, I think I've talked about this with you before, Jim. I I think human beings, like us as a species and a race, um, I think it's unwise for us to think that we need to colonize other planets. I, I think it dooms us to consider our species a failure. I just don't think it's ever going to happen or be possible. That's a different discussion for a different podcast, probably. But I I think Interstellar really tackles that question. Like, are we actually meant to leave home? Um, And, you know, this is in the middle of the, you know, what do they call it? The reconnaissance? Where, you know, for like a long time, McConaughey was kind of this joke. You know, you, you casted him in a movie if... You know, if you it, you know forty million dollar budget, you want to sell seventy million dollars of tickets, make a little money, you know, cast him next to some kind of beautiful woman, some kind of crappy romantic comedy where he's kind of like a all shucks dude. That was his career for a very long time. That was actually another point I was going to make about Interstellar. I, that smoothness as an astronaut, I don't, I just, I don't think he was the right part part for it. I mean, he played it fine, but he he, yeah. he almost sounded very smooth. It's it needed to be someone else. I don't know, I don't you know, know I, I, but I think the role was more about it, the love of his children. And if you ever yeah. if you've ever seen McConaughey do an interview, the guy is hopelessly devoted to his family. He is, and, and you know I what? think the pain of him, you know, and Murph, you know, when she sends him that one video, or she's basically calling him a son of a bitch, and she hates him, and he's on a spaceship like a trillion gajillion light years away. Yeah. yeah, you could really see the pain in McConaughey's face. I now maybe as an astronaut guard, yes, I agree with you. But I think as the father, I think it was a perfect. He played a very good film. role. I also yeah. noticed that uh, Anne Hathaway's father never actually got older or looked older, but then ended up dying. <laughs> yeah, well, at, at uh, that age, it's day to day, Guardy. Once you yeah. get to yeah, seventy, like, it's day to day. Yeah, but he looks he looked exactly like Murph turned into uh, Jessica Chastain. Yes. But the guy, I forgot, I don't know his real name, but he's... Michael Caine. Yeah. He just didn't change at all. Yes, but let's think about Michael Caine in real life. He's looked that way for the past 50 years. Like, (laughs) Michael Caine really hasn't changed that much as a person either. The real Michael Caine, not the actor in the movie. So how many years was that? Because from Murph to go to Jessica Chastain, you're looking at like 30 years. So there's no way that guy would have stayed alive Uh Michael King in 30 years from when they left. He would have been like well, 100. I mean, you also so, have to take in do you also have to take into account that this is uh in in the nearish future or you know who knows how far away the future is in that movie. Um but life expectancy could be longer. 
Um, but also, they're living on a dying planet where everyone's breathing in dust all the time. Michael Caine would have been dead. I agree with you, Guardy, but just for the sake of the plot, and just for the sake of our plot, let's move it along. Bent Horizon, so fucking scary. Sam Neill's amazing. Uh, the Last Starfighter, you guys don't know this one, but when I was a kid, The Last Starfighter was the absolute jam. It was the balls. It was the kid who played a video game so well they gave him his own his own Starfighter. Awesome. Uh, Stargate, Spaceballs, funniest outer space movie, hands down. Uh, I agree. The Fifth Element and Red Planet with Val Kilmer. Done. Honorable mentions. Okay. That's good. All right. What did I miss? I had Space Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> and, and there's literally one reason that I had Space Cowboys. Donald Sutherland is absolutely incredible as the old guy who can still pull when he's like 70 years old. Right. It is <laughs> yeah. astonishing, actually. Um, I. And like Clint Eastwood, you know, we can talk about him and his his legacy is kind of complicated. But well, um, he's thought, racist, so that's really one. That's what I'm saying. I, I, you know, but but he he still was great in that film, right? Like cranky old guy, he's perfected that role. So I I had Space Cowboys. Uh, also, that NSYNC song in 2001 was like the hottest thing in the world at the time. So you know, it is. I didn't pick that one because it's too on the nose for me. Because Justin always says that I'm like. Wild hogs, which is like old guys, they're too old for shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick space, space Cowboys specifically for that reason, but go ahead. Um, okay, uh, I had Armageddon. Uh, I just think that was Bruce Willis when he was literally the most sure. drinkable star in Hollywood. That, yeah, that's got it. Armageddon's got to be in there. Let's with Liv Tyler. Um, that was in mine. Yeah, and, and, and well, Billy cast- Bob Thornton too. Like, I mean, come on. That cast is is some kind of crazy dream team between you know Affleck and Willis and these big bankable stars, but then you've also got these like art house guys that are starting to creep into things like Steve Buscemi, um, you know, oh Peter Stormare as the uh, Russian. We brought him up in Who's That Guy? Uh, Michael Clark my, Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan, absolutely. But Peter Stormare is the uh, I am Russian hero. That guy. Yeah. I, uh, that he's one of my favorite uh, character actors, and he was actually in my top, in my top three for the Who's That Guy podcast. Um, but yeah, that's a that cast is the only cast that could sell such a ridiculous premise. Yeah. <laughs> they, had to, they had to assemble a dream team of people that could sell that ridiculous presence. Uh, anyway, go ahead, Jim. Uh, sure. Uh, look, I I think I heard on last week's podcast you both say you didn't like this film. Um, <laughs> Odd Ostra was. Ugh. A stunning visual achievement. And the thing that I like the most about it is the absolute loneliness that came through the screen when you saw Affleck uh, on his way to see Tommy Lee Jones. Who, by the way, does anyone play a deranged person as well as Tommy Lee Jones? Like, it's. He was only on the screen for, like, I think I looked it up. I think he had 12 minutes of film time. And it was amazing. And then, uh, look, the, the film was boring. I have no problem saying that. But um, to, I saw it in theater, which I think is an important element for that film. I think if you yeah. see that at home on your television, it, it completely ruins it. Watch it on a big screen. I, I think it makes a difference. Um, the next one I had was a, a film made in the Soviet Union that I watched uh, made in 1972. <laughs> uh, uh, Solaris. Um, so actually entertaining and it's almost like it's the Soviet version of 2001 um, I, I, it does not feel like it was made in 1972 it feels like it was probably made in the mid 80s when you watch it mm-hmm. and uh, probably a bit slow for you two guys but not nearly as slow as Ad Astra 
And the twist at the end is uh, is like Fincher level. In part of my foreign film research, I also watched a Polish movie, which was absolute dog shit. Um, <laughs> it's supposed to be this like amazing cinema achievement, and and I could see where like a film student would 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 think it was awesome, but the movie sucked, and it was called On the Silver Globe. Thirteen. I'm not sure if that was mentioned yet on my honorable mentions. Um, yeah, Jim, I said it. it uh, on the nose, right? But I think uh, Gary Sinise, Tom Hanks, uh, I, I think they did a really nice job. Um, Ed Harris as well. I, it, you couldn't have picked a better like by the book NASA flight director than Ed Harris. Yeah, for sure. And then that movie was filmed in Houston, so you know I, I have obviously love and attachment to the city of Houston. Um, and you talk about a movie that moves. You know that for yeah. for such a big momentous you know human achievement, you would think it'd be like this long hour setup. No, I mean by like minute twenty, I think I looked it up. Uh, by minute twenty, they have the problem in space. Interesting fact about that: every scene that looked like it was filmed in zero g, they did it on that special airplane that's called the comet, uh, the the vomit rocket. The vomit rocket, yeah. Yeah. So Ron Howard literally forced the entire crew. To get on this airplane, that basically what it does is it goes up to like sixty thousand feet and then nosedives to like yeah. twenty thousand feet and it creates a zero g. And Ron Howard made everyone get on that plane and filmed like an hour's worth of film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Hanks uh, even publicly said that he hates Ron Howard one time because that he made him <laughs> do that. So that, I mean, that's a crazy thing as a film director to tell your guys, hey, you're like the highest paid movie star in Hollywood, and I'm gonna make you throw up on a plane. So. Right. Interesting tidbit about that film. <laughs> That's good stuff. Guardi, That's all did, I have. We, did we miss any on your art, honorable mentions? Like? Okay, so Life is my number three. All right. My number two, you've already mentioned it too, you fucks. And the reason <laughs> I mentioned it is I love the camera angles. I don't even know what they call it. It's kind of like cliffhanger. But the whole movie's in space, is gravity. There's not one scene that's not in space. Yeah. No, there uh, is one. There is the final scene. She's not in space. What was the final scene again? Where she lands and she and she gets out of the capsule. Oh and yeah, onto, okay, yeah. Well, she's yeah. got to get home at some point. But yeah, it starts with them in space, and they have Clooney dying, which is pretty interesting too. Um, it would be interesting to know where she landed. I mean, I feel like you know there she was. I feel like she'd have a harder time surviving where she just landed than even. That's in space. very true. My number one is very controversial. I love it. I love controversial picks. Um, it won four primetime Emmy Awards. Okay. And then was nominated for another three. It is a back and forth between space and reality, but it's very controversial. Do you guys have any guesses? Between space and reality. Um, but space? I, I really- no, space is almost like an alt. No, any other guesses? Uh, alien nation. I have no idea. Prime USS Callister. It's oh, one of the greatest yes. Black Mirror episodes ever. Yes, it is. But does that take place in space? I thought that took place all in his mind, like he trapped people in, like in his brain or something like that. I can't remember exactly what the plot line was. Yeah. So it's yeah they trap people um, with his DNA with their DNA. 
But then essentially, it then takes place on the Space Fleet, which is like his favorite TV show and what the company named after Callister, because it's the USS Callister and the company, he's the CTO. But then the all the movie is when he's playing this like, I don't even know what you would call it. And he's in space. They're in space. Yeah. That's my number oh, there- one. That's a that's a good pick. It is a controversial pick, but that is a that is a great pick. That well, it's is a got Christina, uh, whatever her name is, with the big eyes, Miliati. with the big teeth, and then there's there's definitely a, a parallel there between uh, her show on HBO Max and the USS Callister because there's there's you know there's elements of being trapped in a place that's kind of imaginary, which is which yeah. is kind of cool. And the other thing is though, they say that a lot of it had to base it off of like um, you know the control and just the, the, the power and the advantage people take. Um, they said that they were doing relating it to um, Harvey Weinstein in 2018. Yes. But this was yes. a 70-minute show. So um, it's controversial, but I enjoyed it the most. Okay, I, I watched it again. It was either last night or two nights ago. I've watched it before. I liked it. You know, that watchability factor. Maybe I'll watch it again tonight. Maybe I'll even beat off to it. I don't even know. But I like it. <laughs> It's one of, so, I like you know, I like Miliati. Miliati's in uh, Palm Springs too, right? That movie yeah, where they're trapped is. in the I same. Like, day. She does she does a lot of that type of, of genre, but but maybe Miliati's one to watch. She could be our next uh, butler. You never know. Miliati, I know. I feel well. She's really coming up. Um, that's a that's a that's a great Italian last name too, Miliati. And the other thing was, which is interesting is uh, you kind of like towards the end you feel how trapped, especially the well, I don't know his name. The CTO, the the yeah the, Ben something I can't remember what his no it's Jesse Plemons oh Jesse Plemons yeah 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 and then how he ends up being trapped um and so he's going to be essentially trapped for the rest of his life yeah uh, uh, well that's the you know that's the twist you know Black Mirror's always got out and you love twists Scardy that's, that's I'm a big favorites. twist guy um I'm not I didn't pick this because I wanted to be controversial um I truthfully I like this show um. I mean, I don't have anything more to say. Um, That's enough. That's enough. You don't have to defend it any further. And we also sort of have to keep things rolling. We are hitting, we're coming up on, uh, you know, the hour mark. And really, that's going to be a lot of editing for me. So, JP, don't worry about the time, but let's hear your top three. Jim, time's all relative, asshole. We're having a good time. Just let it roll. Wow. What a a physical, scientific thing to say. Time is relative. Well done, Carter. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, okay, number three uh, on my list is Empire Strikes Back. And I'm specifically isolating that film for a number of reasons. It is the right. greatest Star Wars film, and there is no question whatsoever. The funny thing about it is that George Lucas somehow became too busy to direct Empire Strikes Back. He had all these obligations for Lucasfilm, which in retrospect is one of the most ridiculous things I think I've ever heard anyone say. Like, Star Wars made him who he is, and then he said, I'm too busy to direct the sequel. So he <laughs> called his old film teacher at USC, Irvin Kirshner. Mm-hmm. And there is not a doubt that George Lucas never should have been directing the films at all. Ever. Because, yes. I, now, him creating the story, we have to give him credit, no doubt. Sure. But Kirshner took Empire Strikes Back and made it an absolutely incredible film. We have the twist is to find that, out that... Uh, is that uh, uh, Trump Kirshner's father? No. 
<laughs> no. Uh, but, but you know, Empire Strikes Back, we, we find out that Vader is Luke's father. Um, you know, Luke training with Yoga on Dagobah. I mean, the, the film is just an absolute incredible achievement. It's actually like a good movie by itself. Um, you know, the CGI at the time actually looked pretty good, like all the stuff on Hoth. Uh, we get the first true awesome lightsaber battle between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. It's, it's a great film. Uh, um, second for me, it's a television series, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard is maybe one of the greatest casting decisions ever. Yep. Uh, it's kind of funny that they cast a British guy who's supposed to be French, maybe like in the 29th <laughs> century of Earth. The, the French now have a British accent, I have no idea. Uh, first place for me, and, and I think this is not even like a 1A, 1B, this is first place by... You know, a light year. If we're being right. space movies, <laughs> making jokes. I yeah, like it. exactly. It's two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. Um, that's a heady pick. Two, I'll give that. Two years ago, uh, I I twisted Paulina's arm into going to Alamo Drafthouse uh, downtown, where they did a, cel- a seventy millimeter re-release of two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. It is. An incredible film, and it stood the test of time. The score is absolutely incredible. Um, even the imagery, so like Pioneer 10 was the first satellite to visit Jupiter, so mm. Kubrick got a hold of that, um, uh, <clears throat> those uh, images to be able to, to use in the film, uh, special courtesy of NASA, actually. And it's, it's just incredible. Like, the... You know, the, the humanoid ape things at the beginning, um, you know, fighting over supremacy for the waterhole, um, them finding... Actually, the first person to ever think of FaceTime, like on our iPhones, was our man Stanley Kubrick. The man, HAL 3000. It's so funny to think of a movie villain as a robot in artificial yeah. intelligence. But, like, the scene where he can read their lips, uh, even though yeah. they're inside the shuttle, is chilling. It's it dead silent. You're mm-hmm. sitting there in the movie house, and it's creepy. Um, and and then the final scene where he's basically being watched by aliens, and he's in his own personal zoo or whatever. It's I don't know. It's just Kubrick at his absolute peak of his powers. Yeah. Where he was making true cinematography art. Um, so 2001: A Space Odyssey for me is is the cake, and I'll eat it too. <laughs> yeah, well said. Um, and that would have made my list. Um, and I didn't put it in my honorable mentions because it's too good for honorable mentions. And it didn't make my top three because of my sort of own self-imposed criteria. But yes, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, it is uh, the stuff of sort of fantasy and nightmare all in one. Kubrick uh, at his Kubrickiest. Um, about it. But top three, Jimbo top guy. Here we go. Mission to Mars. <laughs> Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle's alive on Mars. What? What are you kidding me? Um, all, all really fun, fun stuff. I, I just think it's a fun movie. There's a lot of great visual stuff in there. It's, <coughs> it's, it's well acted. It's just kind of, a, and it keeps the, you know, it's moving, it's grooving, it's doing its job. Um, I, 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 I did enjoy the fact that Jerry O'Connell somehow was able to play a serious role in that film. <laughs> Yes, that is. That is. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it, but I think it's like a blockbuster. I think I'll like it. Um, Real curious, why does every space movie they're always throwing a black guy? 
you gotta have black people in space, dude. I don't know, but maybe because Star Wars only had Lando. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, Apollo Thirteen like is black like. guy. That's true. Oh, uh, really? And, okay. and my next pick doesn't either. Explorers, a little-known movie starring River Phoenix and Ethan Hawke, uh, that came out in the '80s, back in, in my heyday, gentlemen. Um, and it's about a bunch of nerds who figure out a way to create a space bubble and they can travel wherever they want in it using a computer program. It's ridiculous. Explorers, if you haven't seen it, check it out. We Good weren't stuff. even alive. No, you guys both were not alive when this movie came out. 1985. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I have seen this film, actually. I, I had Really? To, yeah, I had to go back and... and I'm, I'm on the Wikipedia page now, but I, I have seen this film. Um... It's just good fun. Yeah, it's just it's, good fun. And and if my memory's right, and yeah, I'm looking here, the running time, 109 minutes. Anything under two hours can move pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I do. One element I remember thinking was hilarious is that River Phoenix's name in the movie is Wolfgang Mula, like just an <laughs> yeah. absolutely ridiculous name for Ethan Hawke's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally, and it's. I mean, the whole premise of it's ridiculous. It's for. It's designed for children. You know what I mean? Which is probably the reason why I love it so much and loved it as a kid. But it's just a fun movie. It's a fun watch. Uh, it, it moves. It grooves. It goes by pretty fast. Um, and you're and you really root for those darn you know, kids and, this, and, their, and their space explorations. The speed thing's a big thing because I watched Interstellar on FX um, because it was yeah. free. So FX on demand, two hours forty nine minutes with commercials. Oh, I, who's got that kind of time? Nobody. Nobody. That's why I was doing 13 that's, other things with it. That's Dude. another film that I urge that you should see in theater. Like, if they ever have, like, a re-release or something like that. Um, I saw that it's one too in slow. IMAX. I want them to start off. they got to start off in space. That first hour is ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. But it sets up the whole the whole twist ending. You can set it up quicker. I don't, it's a, I don't even know what the twist ending is. I didn't watch all of it. I was so bored. I went, back to super, I went to Superstore. Dude, theater. you're missing. You're you're cutting off movies right before they get to like. Can you give me the twist of Interstellar, please? Because I'm never gonna watch it. So just tell me. Um. Okay. So more or less at the end of the movie, um, McConaughey sacrifices himself and saves Anne Hathaway's character, and McConaughey drives the spaceship straight into the event horizon of the black hole, gargantuan, um, and. He goes through the black hole and he makes contact with this species, this alien life form that exists in a different plane of existence. And th- they give him the ability to screw with the bookcase in the bedroom where him and Murph are like 30 years before. Remember you said all time is relative? Great one, Justin. Nice joke. Um, but So from this construct that the aliens have given him... He's able to basically, because time is relative, tell himself to get on the the, the spacecraft at the beginning of the movie. But how did um, Hathaway get home then? So he he put her on a gravity slingshot back through um, uh, to the to the planet where they thought uh, the data was good. So she crash lands on this planet. It's perfect for human life. And then after McConaughey gives the signal to himself. Um, through the alien construct thing, he's shot back through the wormhole outside of Saturn, and then this spaceship picks him up, and he sees Murph again. She's like 100 years old, and she's on her deathbed, but they're reunited. I actually cried in the theaters when I saw it. It was such a The only movie I ever cried was Free Willy. Whatever you just explained sounds really too um, complicated. Free Willy. (laughs) It's it's really hard to explain, Jim. I mean, like, 
Jim, did I do a poor job of explaining it? I mean, I think I actually did. Wait, I have one more. No, no, you didn't do a poor job. It's just too scientific. Free Willy, yeah. the, the the dolphin or the whale jumps over and it survives. <laughs> I'm crying. Okay. <laughs> the other question I have though with Interstellar, and I, this might sound stupid, and I didn't do any research, so this might sound stupid with Interstellar. Is there a connection with the Martian, or does it just happen to be the same movie? No, they, he just did two outer space movies. But they're, they're wearing the different. same outfit, I think. Spacesuit. No. no, no, they look similar. They're not the same. The Martian. I'm gonna look at his spacesuit. Is it half? He's hard? not even. He's not even on Mars in Interstellar. Anyway, my last pick. We already discussed it. Armageddon. Uh, very stupid movie. Uh, directed by one of the worst directors ever, Michael Bay. But somehow, <laughs> through, through 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 nobody's through nobody thinking this through or nobody you know really doing a great job, it's somehow this it's this weird soup of a movie that is just it's good as a big old giant mess. It just works. I don't know why. It just does. What's and you just shut up and you watch the movie. Exactly. You just it's shut up, you block. watch the movie. Yeah, it's good. you shut up. But here's the issue I have. First of all, Bruce Willis. Don't like him. He's a Republican. And the other I mean, one... Top, top and, bald guy in, in Hollywood. Well, there's not many. And the other one is Owen Wilson. You know he has an illegitimate kid? we got to talk real quick. None of you said The Mandalorian. <sighs> I, I didn't think we were doing shows. I thought we were just doing movies. The title... And, uh, you actually wrote the title... You, the title of this podcast, you are the one who sends the podcast email. The title of this I, podcast says, Top, you're fucking, I'm telling you, Jim, Jim, <laughs> listen, I always joke around about the whole college thing. You guys, I joke around. People are smart. You don't have to go to college. But you are a real example of a fuck up. <laughs> well, I thank you for saying that. But I, and also, I set up, I set my own parameters around these lists, right? So I started out by saying no franchises, no, no this, no that. So I think in my mind, I said no shows. But yes, if, if, if I could go back now, if I could turn back time like Cher and uh, put in a new top three, Mandalorian would probably... I might kick out Explorers and put the Mandalorian in because I love that show so very much. Interesting. That's good. So your top three is never really your top three. Every top my, list you've given, None of my lists. None of my lists make sense. They no, don't make the any list. sense. I always throw little twists and turns. Anyway, all right. No, no, well, I have to do my sign-off. That we have to do a sign. We have to do a sign-in. We have to sign off. Anyway, thanks, JB, for joining. Uh, Justin, as always, it's a pleasure for the Top Guys Movie Podcast. This is Jim Davis. I'm Justin Gardy, and this is JP Wichikowski. (laughs) (laughs) What a bullshit name! (laughs) Thanks for thanks for listening. Oh man! All right, all right. Hold on. Give me, give me, give me one second. Quiet here. I, I, I can, edit, I can edit all that out. Hang on. No, I think you gotta leave some of it. I mean, some of it I'll have to leave him. But <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Um, That's good.